Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Right, I think that's the notices. I told you there was an awful lot. Obviously, <laughs> the summer's happened and there's a lot coming up. But we've also got some very exciting news is that today is the day, finally, that Martin Franks is joining us as assistant pastor <laughs> on a part-time basis. And I've asked Martin to come up and obviously share his story rather than me share it. Thanks, Martin. Let's give him a big welcome. Finally, yes, finally. Excellent. And accustomed as I am to public speaking. Oh, no, no, that's the, that was the wedding speech, wasn't it? Sorry. Okay. Uh, I know a lot of you know me from uh, many years ago, and some of you will think, who is this chap at the front? So I've got to do a bit of a, um, a catch-up for you all, really. So forgive me, I've got to go right to the beginning. Okay? Almost. But, uh, but uh, before I start, I'm really amazed, actually, that God steps into lies dramatically. And the Bible has certainly done that. Uh, I'm just thinking of Saul on the road to Damascus. Um, but for others, there's a series of minor events, each small encounters and enc- or encouragements. But when you look back and reflect, realize that actually they were stepping stones to something greater. Um, and actually, that's where I find myself, uh, a series of small stepping stones. Um, so this is my story. I've been a believer since I was 14. So that's about 20 years or so. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Mother. TUC, the church before we became Riverside, uh, had always been my home. And I'd served for years there in the children's team, Sunday school, boys brigade, youth team, leadership, trust board, uh, to name but just a few. Serving in a practical capacity has always been my heart. So it's no surprise that as long as I can remember helping with the running and upkeep of the structure and improvements of the building and the site was something I enjoyed and liked to get involved in. And of course, coming here, that was something I also did when we transitioned to here, as well as helping with the physical transition. Back in 2015, when we were run out of steam, I found myself burnt out physically, spiritually, and just with the grind of serving the church. And that's because I was doing it in my own strength. I was longing for there to be something more, a greater experience of God. Uh, so we were very blessed because that year we headed off to New Zealand with some friends, Gavin and Kirsten, who you know, for our 25th wedding anniversary, trip of a lifetime. And as we went, I challenged God to show up and bridge, and it had to be a real knowledge, a heart knowledge. And he didn't disappoint. Some of you know that story because I stood at the front and preached it a few years ago. Um, and I'll be happy to share that with those who don't know, but now is not the time. Suffice to say, my faith became very real when we returned from New Zealand. Um, and that was the start of a, a new chapter in my life. The next couple of years seemed a little crazy as we moved from TEC to this new site. Uh, but before we got here, we, we went through a series of other challenges where we looked at building a new build near Tesco's and then to here. So being involved in the design team and the planning were busy but rewarding times for me. The arrival of Simon and Keeley was a very significant event for us all, as was the transition to this site and my involvement in that whole process. Looking back now over 20 years or so, I can see significant moments of Holy Spirit activity in my life, including developing a prophetic gifting, which at the time I didn't recognize what it was. I had no real framework or reference or experience. But now I find myself growing in passion, a word I thought I'd never use, passion. 
but it's a, it's a passion I have to develop and encourage spiritual growth in the lives of others. Maybe not preaching from the front, but certainly just in day-to-day conversations. This year, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, I turned <clears throat> 55. And I'm now able to take early retirement, which is of great excitement from work. 30 years of teaching has taken its toll. Just a little bit of grey hair. It's been a fantastic journey. I've loved teaching. But I've also, my heart is serving this church, as most of you will probably know. And so I thought maybe cutting back a bit and doing a day a week at Riverside just to help out and go part-time at teaching would be fantastic. And I spoke to my wife about this, but having had two daughters that got married five times between them the last two years, our financial position left me a little bit dry, particularly I've still got two daughters and another wedding next year to come up with. So So I thought I'd push on to retirement at 60, but of course... My plans and God's plans aren't always the same. In January and February this year, I went through a strange time. Uh, two or three times a week, in the early hours, I was woken up by God. And he normally does that when he wants to get my attention because that's probably when I'm most uh, inactive. So that's when he knows he can talk to me. So two or three times a week, I'd get up, he'd wake me up, and I felt compelled to get dressed, which is a good thing, because I was going outside to walk the dog. Uh, And I'd walk the streets of Whitstable, just a complete uh, loop down the high street, and I felt just compelled to pray for Whitstable. Strange but rewarding times. And then it was back to bed for the rest of my night's sleep. Um, What was really strange about it, though, was the time I was woken up. It seemed to be 4.37, pretty much every time. I looked at the clock. 4.37, next time, 4.37, next time. And it it went on two or three times a week for those two months, which is just very odd. So clearly a significant number, and I mentioned it to Simon and Keeley, and they suggested maybe it was a Bible reference, which of course it was. And it comes from John, John 4.37, and it was about the fields being ripe for harvest, but also, and this is a particular verse, is that one sows but another reaps and it was about reaping where we've not sown and I, I really felt that was a word for Riverside as well as for myself that actually as a church we're going to be reaping where perhaps we haven't sown in this community and in the wider communities a time of harvest is coming and I, I hope we're all prepared for that you also remember recently we remembered uh, we appointed Jacob as our assistant pastor with responsibility for young adults and communications the same day as appointing Jacob, we interviewed another chap for facilities and operations. And I was involved in that interview. And just during that whole interview, I was very unsettled in my spirit about this. And upon reflection, I realized that I was uneasy handing over things that I knew in my heart that I knew probably more about than this chap did. And so that was really uh, helping out with the facilities. So I asked the two most important people in my life, the Lord and obviously my wife. Uh, One was very pro And the other became more pro as time went on. Uh, conversations were had also with Simon and Keeley, uh, but I was still unsure that the financial position was really nagging in my mind. And there, I, I can remember one specific occasion where I was really just um, umming and ahhing about, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And on that, on that very day, a, a friend from Riverside said, Martin, I've got a picture for you. I'd like to share it with you. Uh, I've had it for a while, but I haven't given it to you because I've been trying to hear what God's been saying about this picture. But I'm going to give you the picture anyway. 
And this is the picture. He said, I saw you, Martin, sitting in your dining room going over your household accounts. And Debbie was in the kitchen. And, and I heard you shout through to Debbie, we can't afford to. And then he said, I heard another voice, which I believe was the voice of God saying, you can't afford not to. And that was the confirmation that helped me to step forward to this role. So I went and spoke to my colleagues at school about going part-time. My head of department was less than happy, really, because he, he likes my work. But we'd had a, a new chap start in our department who'd gone part-time. He'd started as the part-timer. And the first day I met him, he said, look, I know I'm part-time, but I really need to be full-time. This was the 2nd of September last year, the first day of teaching. So I just flippantly said, well, <laughs> who knows, maybe next year I'll swap roles with you. And here we are, swapping roles. The Lord has his, uh, just joke, doesn't he? He loves that. So I spoke to the head. The head was very supportive. And I signed my sheet and went part-time. That time, I still really didn't know what Simon and Kitty wanted me to do for the job, even though I knew it was going to be working in facilities and operation somehow. So the day I signed it, I went and spoke to them, and I said, we really need to nail down this roles and responsibilities for this job and a job title, so I can tell people what I'm actually doing, because I really, even, I couldn't tell the head what the job was, really, and he was a bit bemused by that. And at this point, they shared they believed I was being called to be an assistant pastor in addition to the facilities and operations role. A bit perplexed by that, but calm in my spirit, particularly when they said that actually it wasn't a prerequisite, I had to preach. So that's a good thing. But they had a suspicion that one day I actually might want to preach. So, so I signed on the dotted line. So here we are. I'm looking forward to this new chapter of serving the Lord here and serving you. And also looking forward to what we'll be celebrating this time next year. Thank you. We really want to affirm what God's been doing uh, in Martin's life. And uh, in a sense, God is, is commissioning us all to step into what he's speaking to us about. You know, Martin's taking a big step in terms of his vocation. But so we're all here today, uh, and the Spirit's leading all of us and commissioning all of us to step into the new season, the next season. So as we commission Martin today and pray for him, I want you to be saying to the Lord, how can I step into what you have for me, Lord? You know, there's... You know, there's, there's no difference between, in a sense, what Martin's doing and what God's calling us all to do, which is to be led by the Spirit. So uh, I want us to use this today, in a sense, as, a, as a, something that provokes and spurs us on. It says in Hebrews 10:24, let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And even more, as we see the day approaching. And the sense is that as God, as things on the earth kind of get worse uh, to a degree, uh, God's kingdom increases. And, and that causes a, a spurring between us into the things of God. So uh, I want to encourage you as we pray for Martin today and bless this next season of his life that you're spurred on towards love and good deeds in your own life. Is that okay? So I'm gonna, we're going to invite some members of SLT and Trust Board to come forward and pray. All of them going to come forward. So come on, guys, all of you come forward. We're going to go down here. Can you all stand and maybe extend a hand if you're comfortable with that? And we're just going to pray a blessing uh, on Martin as he transitions into this new season. Father God, We just want to thank you, Lord, that all those weeks you woke him at 4.37 and prompted Martin and spoke to him so clearly. Lord, we want to pray for Martin and for Riverside that he will be such a blessing to everyone who comes. Lord, we thank you for his willingness to change his lifestyle, Lord. 
We want to thank you, Lord, that he will still be teaching and have uh, contact with those young people, but that he, we will see him here. And you have such a work for him to do. Thank you, Lord. And pray, Lord, that you would bless him and bless his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for Martin. Thank you for his giftings, Lord. And thank you for uh, his passion for you. And Father, we just pray that as he was guided to this place, as he was nurtured by you into this place, that this doesn't feel like the end of that, but the beginning of something new, of a new chapter of you guiding him. Holy Spirit, may he hear your voice every day and give him the obedience to follow what you say in everything that he does. And as he serves this church and serves you, I pray that you bless him in your name. I felt God give me a psalm for you, Martin, and I felt this was, although it's a psalm written by King David, I felt that this was going to be the cry of your heart. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more, for your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. God, I pray that Martin will really know that as he takes on this new, um, new season of his life. And I pray that whether he's at school or in the church, everything he does will be for your glory. Thank you that there's no distinction between our secular working lives or working for you here. And I just pray that, God, you would be with him every step. Amen. Oh Lord, we just pray for mighty blessing on Martin as he steps forward in this new role, Lord. We know that you've appointed him to this role and we pray for your mighty anointing on him, Lord, and that you'll be there guiding every step, Lord. May his words be your words in everything he says and does for us moving forward. We thank you for him, Lord. Bless him in your mighty name. Amen. So, Lord, we just pray you'd fall into flame the gifts you've placed in this man, Lord God. Just let them burn me greater intensity, Lord God. Father, just come and increase your spirit's presence and activity in his life, God. And God, that's the prayer of all of our hearts, God. More of you, more of you, less of us, God, we pray today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. What an exciting start to the term, eh? Yeah? Are you pumped? That's five of us then. Good. And Martin. I can't open this as an opening. Hang on, there's an opening here somewhere. Yes, there is an opening. Okay, good. 
I want to spend just a few minutes just telling you about the start of our new sermon series that we're going to kick off with really next week in fullness. But um, we were praying about... Um, do you want a bit more light? You're a little bit darker there. Thank you. This is the new graphic. We were going to do a, a series called... Um, well, initially it was going to be called Naturally Supernatural, but we wanted to really think about how do we make uh, the spiritual... More, more natural, more ordinary. And sometimes that naturally supernatural term makes the things, think of things that are supernatural rather than the everyday. And so we were, we were praying about that, praying about how we can grow as a church. There we go. How we can grow as a church and become better at responding to the voice of God. Because the scripture tells us the Father's at work every day in every way. And our job is to try and be better at responding and listening to that. And so we thought about this at the start of the year, and we thought and prayed, we thought we'll do a four-week series in the autumn at trying to get better at responding to God's voice. But as we began to prepare and reflect on this, God said, no, I want to do it for longer. In fact, the, uh, the sense I got was God said, I want to do it for 10 weeks. And I thought, wow, 10 weeks, that's a long time to sort of linger in one sort of topic. But the more we prayed, the more we reflected, it felt like God wanted to take us on a journey. Rather than just to do a sermon series, God said, let me take you on a journey in learning to grow in responding to the Holy Spirit. So I was praying and reflecting and watching some Mike Pelavachi videos you know, to try and be encouraged because Mike's so good at this whole responding to the Spirit. And as I watched the video particularly, I felt, you know, God, you need to speak to me about this to really feel confirmation around this sort of 10-week thing. And a guy called Andy Croft, who works with Mike Pelavachi, was sharing about how he took his small group on a 10-week journey. And I thought, God, that's it. That's the confirmation for me. We're going to do this for 10 weeks. And then a final thing which really blessed me was Kevin Crook from Mission Aviation Fellowship has asked to come and speak in the autumn because we partner with them and support them in their work. And I said, I said Kevin, I've only got one date between this series and Advent. Um, so that's the only date I can offer you. And he emailed back and said, that's the only date I can do. I said, Fantastic. You've been part of confirmation from the Lord. He said, well, I do, I do enjoy being that. So it was a, there's a real sense from the Lord that he's inviting you and I into a journey over the next 10 weeks. We will have a break for Baptism Sunday, and we've got Vision Sunday in there as well. But a journey to grow in responding to God in the everyday. You know, to be expectant that God is speaking and leading and inviting us into partner with him in bringing his love, bringing his kingdom into the situations wherever we are. And if you feel a bit, a bit intimidated about it, don't be, because we're all beginners at this. We're all learning to respond to God in different ways. And uh, we're going to be vulnerable together. We're going to make some mistakes together. We're going to just spend some time trying to respond to God together. Uh, but we're going to be doing it together, yeah? Is that okay? Does that sound okay? So over the next sort of 10 weeks, we're going to be really uh, pushing into that. And the good news is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've already heard God's voice, Okay. So some people say, well, I've never heard God's voice. And I'll say, well, if you've, if you've responded to God and you've chosen to follow Jesus, you've heard God's voice, okay? And so we can all grow in responding to the voice of God and seeing what the Father is doing because he's at work all the time in so many different ways. And we just need to get better at, at seeing that. So that's our plan uh, over the next um, 10 weeks or so. But I want to show you a story. Mike Pilavachi shared a great story at one of his conferences. I want to just show you this story to encourage you that it's not all flashbang wallop. Okay, so if we just watch this video, it's about five minutes. Now, tea and coffee team, we will run over, I guarantee it, so don't worry about that. So, so we'll have a song at the end, and that'll be your cue to rush out and put the urns on, okay? Um, and if your Sunday lunch is on, I'm sorry, it's going to burn slightly, so, but God's good. Okay, so let's watch this video, about five minutes. Mike Pivach telling this great story of how God, God used him.
few, a few years ago, um, I uh, was uh, going uh, with uh, 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 my friend uh, Matt Redman. Uh, we were going to go to. We were going together to Berlin from Stansted Airport. Uh, to he was going to lead some worship, and I was going to speak at an event uh, uh, in Berlin. And uh, as we uh, as we went, Matt checked in. I went to check in, and I suddenly realised to my horror that I hadn't bought my passport. And uh, I tried to get through on my driving license, but that didn't really work. And so I phoned our office here. And uh, Ali, not Ali who spoke this morning, another Ali on our team, uh, they have a key uh, to my house. And I told, I told her exactly where my passport was. She went to my house, she got the passport. She drove to Stansted Airport. I missed the flight, but there was another flight that was due to go to Berlin. Uh, but Ali, for all her gifts, her many gifts and talents, driving fast was never one of them. And she arrived after the last... Uh, plane left for Berlin and I was gutted we were only there one day and we were supposed to go for one day and I missed it and I missed it and it was like there was nothing I could do there was not even a flight that was going somewhere else that would then catch another flight to Berlin so I said to Ali all right well let's go home let's go home it's too late and as we were walking through Stansted airport to the car park I noticed this guy standing by the wall and he was had a suitcase either side and um and and it was just this brief thought came into my mind it was just a flicker and it was um uh, he needs encouragement go and pray for him and it was you know it was like one of those things and immediately I kind of thought oh Pilavachi you're, you messed it up. You've got it wrong. You're trying to make yourself feel better. You think you're David Wilkerson or Jackie Pullinger or, well, not Jackie Pullinger, but you know what I mean, uh, the male version or something like that. And you're, you're trying to make it better. But I made the dreadful, dreadful mistake, which is what I would normally think of telling Ali. And as we were walking, I said, you know, that guy over there, just this thought came into my head that we should go and pray for him and that he needs encouragement. And, and Ali got so excited to my horror. She said, oh, this is amazing. This is like the books. This has never happened to me before. And I was like, no, Ali, I was just mentioning it as we were going to the car. Let's go to the car and go home. And she said, but you've had a word. Well, I think it might just be me. And I think it probably is me. But what if it's Jesus? What if it's Jesus? And by the, I, I really didn't care if it was Jesus. I was feeling so, so fed up and so, so not wanting to be there. I just wanted to go home. But I could see that Ali, if I just went to the car, she would be so disappointed and devastated. So in the end, I said, okay, Ali, let's walk past him. And if he's still there, let's see if the Lord says anything and we'll see. So the two of us, he was standing there, the two of us walked past him like this. And then we went and and, and Ali said, did you get anything? I said, no. And I said, did you get anything? She said, no. And then we decided for some reason we'd walk past him again. So we walked past him again. And it was, we didn't get any more. And it was like, by this stage, I was like, why didn't I just go home? What is wrong with me? And then Ali was like, let's walk again. So I promise you, I promise you, we walked past him seven times. And that wasn't because of Jericho. All right, it was nothing to do with Joshua and Jericho. And we got nothing. And Ali was up for us walking past him. 
until, I don't know, I don't know when she was going to give up. I was, I was not feeling spiritual. I was not, I just wanted to go home. I was fed up and I was cross with myself. And in the end, I thought the only way I'm going to get home is if I actually bite the bullet and we go up to this guy. So she got all excited. I was just knowing that it was going to be a disaster. And we went up to this man and I said, excuse me, but we're followers of Jesus. And um, we just saw you and we were just wondering if maybe um, you, needed, um, you needed encouragement and we could pray for you. And he looked at us with eyes wide open and he said, I don't believe it. He said, I've just arrived from Kenya and I'm a pastor and I'm waiting for the elders of my new church in Essex to collect me. And my family is following me. And they're late. And I'm standing here. And as I've been standing here, I've been thinking, what on earth am I doing? Moving my family to another continent, to a church I hardly know. What am I doing? And I was just been standing there. And he said, I've been standing here praying, God, before they come, could you just give me an encouragement? Could you just give me an encouragement? And do you know the thing about that was... I was totally not feeling it. I was totally not being spiritual. I was fed up. I was cross. I'm sure I was swearing in my mind. Um, and all of... Well, I'm not sure, but I think I was. And uh, I usually... No. And, uh, and all of that. And it turned out it was the Lord. It turned out it was either the Lord or a great coincidence. And you know, most of the time I ask, we keep asking each other, I keep saying to Andy, is there any way, could could this be a coincidence? Or do we always get people who are very codependent and, and just want to make everything right so someone always responds and things like that? Well, I, I don't think it can all be that. But you know what? I realized that, that actually God is speaking more than we think. How many times had that happened to me and I had no alley next to me to say it and to make me follow through. And how many times have I thought, you know what, that's just indigestion. Because with me, a lot of the time, it is <laughs> indigestion. And you know what that said to me more than anything? It was the kindness of the Lord. The Lord, in one foul swoop, he encouraged me, he encouraged Ali, and he encouraged this pastor who was on his way to a new life. How about that? I was really struck what Mike said there in that video. God is speaking more than we think. And uh, really what we're going to try and do over these next 10 weeks or so is really tune in to the voice of God. And he said another thing. He said it's the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God to use us, to speak through us, to be recipients of God speaking through someone else to us. It's the kindness of God. God isn't looking to embarrass us. Or, or to make a fool of us. It's the kindness of God that wants to use us in bringing encouragement and love and support to one another. Not just here, here in the service, but outside on the streets, in our workplaces, in, the, in our neighborhoods and towns. So I'm really excited by this next season, yeah? We, we, we're going to we say, well, I think I love about Mike is that he says, let's try and do this without being weird. And I think that's so helpful. Because <laughs> we don't have to be weird to be spiritual, Okay. We don't have to be weird to be spiritual. And also, we can be vulnerable with each other. We can make mistakes. We, we can try this. We can, and the wonderful thing about that is that it's just the vulnerability and the honesty about how he was really feeling inside. He was feeling nothing on the inside, but through that nudge and that, and that sort of, of nudge of a friend, he went and did that 
obediently and then God steps in like a flood and isn't it amazing how that man must have felt encouraged by those words so uh so I want you to be praying, please, over the next sort of... Um, we've got a great week of prayer, and we're using this booklet, but also be praying, God, would you stir my heart? It says in Scripture, eagerly desire the gifts. Eagerly desire the gifts, it says in Scripture. And uh, we want to be a church that eagerly desires the work of the Spirit. And also it says in the Scripture, you know, how much more... Jesus said, how much more will God give the Spirit to those who ask? He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a partnership that God calls us into to, to be eager, to, to ask, to seek, to knock. And the, and the Lord is looking to release the Spirit to us and looking to release the Spirit uh, more and more in our community. So uh, let's go on a journey together over these next few weeks and grow in responding to the voice of the Lord. I want to invite the communion service to come forward. We're going to take communion now uh, together as a church. Um, if you're here for the first time, you're still on a journey of faith um, I think if you're genuinely on a journey of faith and genuinely looking to inquire more about Jesus, then you can take communion today because communion is a way of receiving God's grace into us. But if you're not there, you're not, not sure, maybe maybe just sit back and reflect today. But we're going to take these elements of the bread and the drink into our bodies as a symbol uh, of what God did for us. Because on that, on that last supper, he said, you know, this is my body, it's broken for you. This is my blood, it's shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so today we remember the love of God, we remember the cross, but also we look forward in faith and excitement that all God's going God's to do. So let's stand together and just prepare our hearts before we take communion. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.